So, Josh, I know as you and I have gone along in our life, and this kind of follows what, you know, a lot of psychologists and counselors say in terms of, like, who you are is kind of defined, like, through your 20s. You're building that. And then from, like, 30 on, you're kind of finding out who you're not. And we actually had a conversation about defining who something or who you are, what something is, by saying what it's not, which is right. a little bit backwards of kind of like a, how a lot of tech works. Right. It's a lot of how you know people think too. It's different than how people think. So let's launch out onto the loop and talk about what something is not today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Brian. And this is Josh. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry-innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and want to dive deeper, visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in and let's start the conversation. All right, Brian. So you wanted to frame this conversation, which is actually based on another conversation we had before by, and I don't know if it was the title of the episode. I don't think it was, but it was like, we were talking about what people are by what people are not, right? And so we wanted to expand and expose upon this conversation a little bit, right? We do. And the reason why is because um, I work in a company and work with companies that are really trying to like ring out what is like the wash, rinse, repeat type of things, right? So if I have a customer that does this and I have to do these five steps, can I automate any of those five steps? Can I streamline it? Can I make it better, right? Because it's a known quantity. It goes from here to here and you can automate that. Now, when a lot of times people are talking about AI or whatever, you're really automating a series of logical linear steps. You know, sometimes it can be really complex and you can map it out. But the thing that it doesn't do well is account for those exceptions. Oftentimes, like in customer service chats or something where it starts with a bot and you don't get the answer you want, how many times are you saying representative or hitting zero on your phone? Well, because that's because the AI is crunching all your possibilities, right? And so as you close off possibilities, it's obviously like a, a, a conversation tree. And yes. when you say one thing, it's going, oh, I'm going over here. But if you keep saying the same thing, eventually it'll just get to a representative, right? Pro tip right there, folks, to get to a person. <laughs> yeah. It, there was actually somebody that posted, this is like off topic a little bit, but somebody that posted online, like different AI systems and how to get to representative the quickest. And a lot of times ah, it was like a number combination you pressed. So like if you if you and if it like if it started off like saying a certain thing, you type like pound seven eight nine one and it would get you the representative right away. Hmm. That's <laughs> it was like put in there, put in there by people. But this is kind of what we're talking about. 
actually. Yeah. To be honest. Well, yeah. I know like recently I had a, a situation with my, my mobile phone service, which I'm sure I may be the only one on that boat, but probably there might be other people who have had issues with their mobile phone service. Um, it was what was happening was nothing that fit the tree because there was a series of unfortunate events that happened on their end that just like tired and shagged me out. What should have mm-hmm. been a very simple phone call was a series of about eight phone calls and it's still not resolved. Right. And there's an emotional quotient that rises when you've hit that point. It's like, okay, it's not that. Would you please just let me talk to a person? And look, I'm not like that old man. Like I just always got to talk to a person. If I can work through the issue, that's great. But most times I've already used those resources at my disposal to search online or do something. Right. And I can't And get so there. what what these companies are hitting up against now is the generation of people like us who are not afraid to use the tech. So like we already know how to do XYZ and there's a new variable now and they haven't updated their systems to like actually take care of that. And those things are built again on what is it? It's asking yeah. that question. Yeah. Now, exactly. like I said, in a wash, rinse, repeat type of setting, that's that I works. mean, please automate the fire out of it because like yeah. that's great. You save Cause time. Because I mean, money. that's like that's like you and I, Brian. You know, one of our parents calling us and saying, "Oh, I have this really bad computer problem. Come over to my house." And you walk over to the house and or drive or whatever you got to do. And it's like, oh, restart, restart it. <laughs> and it fixes it. <laughs> right. That's there, that equivalent. A, yeah. There's a perception also, too, of like what is big or important to somebody is not. So, look, when you're looking at probably a pure dollars and cents standpoint and time of interaction with people, you know, you're saving money. But are you really gaining that, like, customer love? That's kind of a, a right. businessy kind of side to right. it. Right. But also, right. too, we interact with companies every day of our life. When we have we buy things or we have services and things, that's yep. what that's doing. Now, let's turn that on its head a little bit. So, uh, my wife and I, in the early part of our marriage, like I love shoe shopping for her. Right? She's a little bit of a size that's not as common, and she always didn't like shoe shopping because it's like, well, I don't like it. And I'm just like, well, let me help you, right? And so I learned the right questions to ask. Like, what's the occasion? What kind of shoe are you looking for? And I learned all the good things that you should learn. And part of what it was, I could gather the requirements of what it is. But I also was better, like, it's not this or this or this. And it actually cut out a lot more possibility because you're kind of saying, that's not it, that's not it, that's not it. But it's um, if you go, I don't want this or this, or this, and what's left over, you've now kind of hedged in the definition of something, right? And so, like, one of the things I think about, um, I haven't been there in a, in a while, good while, but the Cheesecake Factory, if you've ever been there, has one of the most overwhelming menus <laughs> I have ever come across in my life. It is right. Oh yeah, seriously overwhelming. It's crazy. Uh, it is one of those companies, like, uh, like, when I look at that, I'm like, how can they make all this stuff? But then you're looking at this going like, oh, this is one ingredient different than this thing. Right. And when you look at the like chefs, they have like eight different chefs there. And they're all doing specific tasks. What I've found more than like, oh, what's a possibility? And looking at the menu, 
I have to go, what don't I want? Right? Like, I don't yeah. want appetizers. I'm not even going to look at that section. Uh, you know, if I want protein and I want chicken, I'm going to push everything off to the side that's not chicken. Right? So or you I got say, like, like, you got like 90 things left at that point. And <laughs> <laughs> down from 371. Which, yeah. It's an improvement. But mm-hmm. then you might say, okay, I don't want something fried and cuts off more. But right. now what you've done is you've actually narrowed your set by saying what you don't want. Because sometimes, honestly, like you come into a situation, you go, well, I know I don't want it to be this. Uh, I think about uh, dating right now. Like, obviously, Josh and I have been married to our spouses for you know many years at this point. But it's like, who do you want to date? Well, you know, somebody that's not as psycho as my ex- <laughs> may be a requirement and people who know you go yep you don't want that situation ever again so you say like okay not that red flag not this red flag not that it actually gives you a definition of something yeah and i think food is a really good uh thing to talk about with that because when you go into a restaurant you're hungry everything there is food now it's better to talk about what you don't want than what you want because what I want is food. And so every, literally every single thing is food. So what I don't want is I don't want a money grubbing appetizer. I'm done with that. Unless that's like a plate of nachos that's piled high to my head. That is my entree at that point. (laughs) But I mean, like I'm a nacho king. Like I will eat nachos all day, every day and every way, shape and form. You can put nachos in front of me. I will eat them. So <laughs> I love nachos. <laughs> I do. It's like one of my they favorite foods. They love you foods. back, Josh. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. It's how part of the problem I had my weight problem with. But so it's easier to say what you don't want. Like Brian says, like, look, I don't want steak. Oh, well, then. Oh, guess what? One third of those items are steak. So you just cut that out. And so like when you're thinking on your everyday life and you're thinking on a decision. Think about what you don't want the outcome to be or what you don't want it to happen because you're going to cut out more possibilities. You're going to also come to your conclusion much quicker. And if you're thinking like in a business sense, people look at you like you're a God. Like when you come up with like simple like answers, you're like, no, I'm like, we don't want, well, we don't want this to fail. Right? Like, well, yeah, you're right. Well then, Guess what? We got to cut out all that because this has been proven to fail 50% of the time. And so it's like, I don't even want to deal in 50%. So that's high. I, I want to deal like way lower than that. So it's like, then you could take this set of circumstances and be like, well, these succeed 85% of the time. Okay, let's look at those. You know? So you have to do a combo kind of thing. But you. But when you're cutting away the big chunks, I always think of it like I'm filleting something or I'm cutting the fat off something. I think of it like, oh, I'm going to cut this big chunk first, but then I'm going to come back later and I'm going to just kind of scrape it a little more. And so you're kind of, you're narrowing it down quick at first, but slow at the end. And that's the refinement piece of it, you know? Um, I was fortunate to see the David, the, the famous Michelangelo's, you know, sculpture. Oh yeah, it is. It is a tremendous sight to behold. It is, yeah, like, I've seen it too. Awe inspiring. It is awesome, and yeah. 
you don't understand the scope of what that sculpture is until unless you, you see it in see, person. Until you see it, exactly. And so, obviously, it stood the test of time, and it's still standing the test of time, and many, many people see it uh, every year. But oh, I want to point out... All right. no, it's kidding. standing. <laughs> no, Josh. <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> all right, we'll cut that out. Beep. Oh, with it's Michael, there. With, yeah. uh, it's there. It's going to stay there. He's going to leave it in the edit. With, <laughs> with this statue... You know, the famous statement by Michelangelo was that I saw this piece of marble. It was actually a piece of marble that the, the nobody else wanted. Right. And he said, I just removed the unnecessary pieces to expose what was already there. Now, it kind of sounds romantic and artistic to say that. Um, but in the reality, he but took off what was not needed. But that's what a creative sees. They mm -hmm. see the end result. And so they can start to remove the things to focus it in. See, yeah. when Josh and I have talked about the constraints bring the the, the creativity because you force it that way or you can drive a decision that way, sometimes you get overwhelmed by looking at the possible. And sometimes creators find that uh, paralysis moment just because there's too much to look at. But then you say, it's not this, 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 or this. What would you do? So, oh, I bet you I could do this. And then it gets them started on the way to explore, to innovate. So. Yeah. When you're setting those constraints, it's not like, well, here's the things that to get to hedge in the possibilities, and you're stating it always as a, well, this is what it is. You could say this is what this is not, and people then like understand it differently. And this, this is also the paralysis you have when you are looking at like Netflix, for example, and you're looking there and you're going, oh my goodness, look at all, and you're just page, paging through, paging through. Do that for 45 minutes and just stop. If Netflix asked you, what don't you want to see today? And maybe you chose two things. Like, I don't want to see sci-fi and I don't want to see documentaries. You might actually find something that you actually want to watch. And you would discover something maybe like, oh, that's a no. romantic comedy or that's an action film. It's like, oh, right. okay. You know, and there's not those elements with it. It's like, might go with that. So this is, uh, I guarantee you that if you start to look at it this way and consciously realize, yeah, I just said this is not what I want, it kind of helps hedge in some of the possibilities, but it also focuses you to have a better outcome. It focuses your mind for the mind of outcomes instead of the mind of possibilities, which is very different. And it takes a little bit of time to kind of think that way. But once you actually kind of learn how to think that way, it it is becomes second nature. It really does. And it becomes a useful tool to kind of take away those unnecessary parts, just leave your masterpiece. There, I see I tied it in like that, Josh. <laughs> yeah, clever, no, that's great. It didn't actually, sound I was going to say that <laughs> kind of something like that. Well, I was going to say, like, you know what was great about this is that for us, like we came full circle kind of in a CC way because our first few episodes, we talked about all this stuff and then we got kind of into the weeds of more of like doing it. And now this is kind of more of like bringing it back around. So if you listen to some of those earlier episodes, I think you're going to see more of that kind of like jive happening here, you know, with the, with the way we kind of like pulled the conversation through and we looped it through several threads but we got to where we wanted to be, and we kind of took you guys on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs>
with that, folks, let's put a comment in the conversation. Absolutely. So until next time, this is Brian. This is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank you.